Rock Your Mic Right, podcast to the beat of your own drum. Brought to you by CarlyNimmo.com and Radcasters Podcasting School, where you can learn to podcast like a pro, from a pro. All right, let's go. What makes a good interviewer? This is something that I want to explore on today's episode because I have been listening to so many shows recently and so many kind of lacklustre interviews. And we all have to find our conversation and it starts through us talking for sure and we all transition into a good interviewer. Well, not all of us do, but that's the hope, right? We start where we are, we pick up some tips and skills, we try shit out, we find what works for us and what doesn't and hopefully we're listening to our own show so we can get even further feedback without being a really judgy prick to ourselves <laughs> and eventually we become, we hone the skills in order to become a good interviewer. That is if you want to do interviews, right? We don't all have to do interviews and I feel like often many of us can hide behind interviews. We can use it as a crux so that we don't have to step out into the limelight. So if that's you, I recommend stepping out into the limelight and giving that a shot, maybe transitioning from interviews into bringing some more of you into your show. But if you want to become a skilled interviewer, then I've got some thoughts about what makes a really great interview. It starts with your listening skills, right? It starts with your ability to be able to remain silent. There are some really annoying habits that people have in life, which translate really terribly into a podcast. One is verbal validation. You know those noises where you're watching someone or you're having a conversation and you're going, mm hmm, yep, uh huh, yep, mm, mm, mm hmm. That is so fucking annoying to a listener. And it also, because sometimes with if you're doing online interviews, it can cause like a little bit of a disruption to the person because there might be a slight delay. So it fucks with their flow. And even in conversation, if you're constantly verbally validating someone, you're interrupting and you are fucking with their flow. Your ability to remain quiet while interviewing is a skill that is worth crafting. And I used to test myself on this because I was a terrible verbal verbal validator. <laughs> Hashtag verbal validator. I would constantly be verbally validating because I wanted to make that person feel like I was listening. But the best way we can do that is to actually remain quiet. And so I used to test this out and see how long I could go without an mm-hmm, yep, ah, oh, you know, like those verbal validation sounds, how long I could go. And I would end up going for like three minutes without even making a sound just by, and this is really the number one tip, is by listening to my show, listening to the constant fillers that I use. I realized after many years of interviewing that each time a guest would finish up, I would say, and so. And that was like my transitioner. That was like a segue into the next question. It was something that I leaned on all of the time. And we as podcasters have all of these things. Some people say and. So it's like the sentence never ends. You know, it's just like and, and, and. Or, you know, that's one that I use a lot. Like is something I use a lot. I also use um. I stumble over my words. I am far from the perfect speaker. 
I'm human. And I don't beat myself up for those things because I feel like the message is the main thing. If we can tell the message in engaging ways and add, have a little bit of humanity to us, then it makes us more relatable. But we never get an idea as to what those crutches, our verbal crutches are, until we listen to our show. And we need to do that from the seat, not of the critic, not from the person who is constantly berating you and pulling you up on your shit, but instead just as awareness, as an observer. Oh, I've noticed I say a lot of ands to string sentences together. Maybe I could try pausing there. All of this podcasting stuff is practice, practice, experiment, practice, experiment, practice. And eventually you end up honing and crafting your conversation. So silence is golden. The other thing about silence is that it allows guests to go places where they may not have gone before. People are generally really uncomfortable with silence and they'll do anything to fill it. And I might have mentioned this before on a previous episode, but in sales, there's the silence technique, which is he who speaks first loses. Sounds horrific and it's why I'm not a salesperson anymore. (laughs) or a big part of my aversion to hardcore sales is these kind of gross manipulative approaches. But people are so uncomfortable with silence that he who speaks first loses. So in an interview sense, it's not necessarily he who speaks first loses, but it's he who speaks goes somewhere where you weren't expecting to go. And that can be the gold of a podcast episode. Our willingness to sit in the uncomfortable silence can really be a gift to our audience. So practicing listening skills, and that's not just about being silent, it's also about active listening, actively being engaged in the conversation, being present. And this is something that I still practice today is being present. Right now I'm practicing it, standing in my body. I can feel, you know, I connect to my breath again, making sure that I am here with you, that, you know, you are here with your guest actively listening. I will often sit with a little notepad and write some notes down while I'm actively listening. If there's something I think, oh, yep, I'll write it down so that I can come back to it. But other than that, I am in the conversation. I'm not thinking about where I'm going next. I'm not thinking about, oh, I have thought about those things because I think that's also natural when we start interviewing. There can be a lot of nerves and we are thinking about how we're going to direct the conversation, but we also need to be present in the conversation. Making some notes about what you might like to explore further so that you've got somewhere to go, but so that you can stay present in the conversation. There are things that you can do in the conversation. I feel like the major part of a good interview happens before the interview even starts. It happens in your intention. It happens in your curiosity. Okay, so even if we go back before you even start the interview, when you are picking guests, don't just get guests on for guest's sake. I found myself in this place where I was just taking guests on because I needed a guest. I feel like you're much better to have an inconsistent show and an audience that knows that you're inconsistent than to have a consistent show with consistently shit guests. (laughs) What I'm saying is you're better off with no show 
than a show that is put out just to get something out, just to go through the motions. We need to inject curiosity in. We need to bring in intention to our interview and into our, uh, even into our selection of guests, making sure we are really connected to why we want that particular guest, what we're curious about them, what the intention is for the show. When I first started doing interviews on Carlosophies, I was so nervous because I had never, I mean, I had worked in broadcasting, I had worked on radio, and in that time I had done one interview. I successfully avoided any conversation that happened live on radio, other than if I was with a co-host. Even that I found supremely awkward and I let them lead because it was just too much for me. The one person I interviewed was Jim Owen, who overseas you may not know him, but he's an Irish-Australian guy who's a comedian. And I interviewed him, uh, would have been like 16 years ago now, on he was in Byron uh, for the movie The Crack and I was interviewing him for that. And he actually said that I did a really great job of interviewing him and he really enjoyed it. But for me, it just felt so awkward. Interviewing feels like a lot of pressure for me, which is why mostly I choose to do solo shows. I honour my creative process. And I tell this story because after, after many years of successfully avoiding interviewing, I then found myself in an interview show, interviewing people. Also, while experiencing huge amounts of anxiety and probably still a little depression. And here I was sitting opposite someone feeling all the pressure of an interview, all the pressure of needing to direct the conversation, make them look good, tell a good story. Like it just felt like so much pressure for me, which is part of the reason I don't do them these days. The thing that I did in order to be able to show up and give a good interview, because I do feel like, and the feedback that I got, even from friends of mine who are in broadcasting, the feedback was that I am actually a good interviewer. I just don't really enjoy it that much. What allowed me to be a good interviewer was intention. It really came down to being very intentional. And this is going to sound maybe a little bit too much for some and a little bit too spiritual, but this was my process. So I, before my interview, I would, oh my God, I used to do so much. I used to light incense and like go around the room, like with a little intention about clearing out what, you know, what stagnant energy and all that kind of jazz. And then I would get frankincense oil and I would rub it on my feet and I would do this little, I'm grounding myself, I can feel myself in my body, I'm present. But then I would light a candle and I would set an intention and, my, and I had three intentions. So I had an intention for me, which was generally to be able to feel present and relaxed and get the most out of the guest. The second intention would be for the guest. So I wanted them to feel at ease. I wanted them to be able to share openly and honestly and feel really good about the experience. And then for the audience, I wanted them to really connect to that person's story. And I wanted them to really resonate with their journey and see themselves in parts of the story. And so that was the intention that I'd set before I jump on the call. And what that does is gives gives you a foundation to build from. And I don't feel like 
most podcasters are very intentional. They are just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, I'd like to interview people on wellness. Yeah, I'd like to have conversations about online marketing, but they're not super intentional. They're not like really connected into what it is that they're doing and what they want out of it and what they want their guests to want and what they want their audience to experience. There's not a deep curiosity driving them. That's the other thing. I feel like good interviewers are curious people. They want to know the ins and outs. They, they're, they're the people who ask as a child, why, 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 why? Why is the sky blue? Why does a chicken eat seeds or whatever the chicken eat? You know, like they're, they're the curious children who be, generally then become journalists or they're just people who have a lot of questions. Now, if you're not one of those people, that's okay because we don't have to do interviews. And if we do them, we can do them as I have with a lot of intention, with some ritual to support us and with a, a framework because that's what Carlosophies essentially was. It was a framework and it started with them talking about their story and then I went into a set of questions that was the same for every guest. What's your biggest fear? What does failure mean to you? What does success look like? You know, all of these set questions and then I would ask them for their pitch, they could basically pitch a product or a service and tell us what, about what they, who they were and what they did in the world. And then the last segment was a takeaway for people to reflect on. And that structure allowed me to feel safe in the container of interviewing and it removed a lot of pressure. So if you're someone who feels really pressured by the interview process, then get intentional, create some structure and a framework and create some little rituals to help you stay present during the interview because that's really the, the main thing is to be prepared or be present. Prepared or present, preferably both. But having said that, I am not prepared when I go into an interview often. I don't have a set list of questions other than like the ones that I used to have, you know, but in Make Some Noise, I didn't have any prepared questions. It was really flow hit record, see where we go. And that's okay too. That's preparedness in its own way. It's just not prepared in a structured way. As I always say, follow your flow, know the way you work best and honor that. And that kind of brings us to the last element, which happens after selecting the right guest, setting your intentions, getting curious, recording, being prepared and present. And then we have what happens post the recording, which is editing. And I feel like this is something that people are too light on. And in fact, I've been too light on in the past too. So many shows start with the question, tell me about you and what you do, how you got to this point. I feel like we could learn a lot from radio in this particular scenario. If you listen to any broadcaster interview someone, that is not an opening question. They will know, again, going back to intention, they will know the specific questions that they want. They, they know what they want to get out of this interview. They know what they're curious about. They know what their audience is curious about. And so they start there at that point. We don't need to have the pre-prepared read out bio that someone's provided you read. Boring. We also don't need the 
tell us how you got here story, it can be kind of boring too. It's same, same, right? Like this is all the same, same shit that we see on every entrepreneur podcast, every health and wellness podcast starts with tell us about your health journey, tell us about your business journey. I feel like there's room here for improvement and more engaging content. What if you still ask that question, but you got rid of it all? What if your bio was actually just like a 15-word elevator pitch, not a three-paragraph introduction bio, then them telling it back to you again through a 15-minute story of how they got where they are before you get to the juicy shit, right? Start at the juicy shit. If you have to do that stuff at the beginning to get the interview uh, you know, relaxed and comfortable, then do it, but then cut it out and start with the question. Start with a powerful question. I think this is something that a lot of people feel really uncomfortable with. Like, well, I have to lead them into that. Well, no, you don't. And if you listen to ABC Radio in Australia or, you know, a major broadcaster, they know what they want out of their guest and they have like five minutes to do it. So they do it. I want to see more of that in the podcasting world because I do feel like it makes more engaging content. Nobody wants to listen to a 20-minute story before they get to what you've promised in the intro they'll get. So just like cut all that shit out and get to the good stuff. And also I feel like we are afraid often of offending the guest by cutting that stuff out. But it's not about the guest. It's about the audience. It's about the audience and their entertainment, education, or engagement. And that happens when we are entertaining, educating, and engaging with them. That doesn't happen through a 20-minute pre-ramble. It happens in the juicy bits. So give them the juicy bits. Give the people what they want and not the shit that they don't need. Because we don't need to know someone's entire life story in order to set them up as an expert. We can just go in. You know, I watched In a Man's World. It's a show. I think it's on Foxtel. I think it's on Netflix or Amazon. And it is women who work in male-dominated fields and dress as a, like they do their thing as a woman and then they dress as a man with full-on prosthetics and all that kind of jazz and they do the same thing as a man to see the difference. And there is a difference, but there's also an internal difference. There's an internal difference. And the one that I watched last night was about a politician and in the first one, she started with, you know, hi, I'm what, what her name was. I think it was Lador. I am a mum of two young children and a politician. And everyone was asking her questions about, like, how does she balance motherhood? How Shouldn't she be at home with her children? All this really fucking offensive stuff. But then when she was a, when she was a man, she framed it completely differently. She said, I am Roy and I am running for office right? Not, I am Lador, I am a mother of two young children, I am passionate about this and that and this and that and this and that, and, you know, I might be running for office. The man says, hi, I'm running for office, right? And so I feel like as women, sometimes we're trying to make ourselves, we're trying to highlight the fact that our guest is an expert, 
but their knowledge is the thing that sh- that shows that they are the expert. So let's get to that bit. We don't need to prove someone's worth before we get to the juice. Introduce them as the expert. So I've given you a lot to think about, I think, here. And I think there's like three key areas, right? Number one, pre-interview. And that is about finding guests that you're really curious about, that really you know you're going to have a juicy conversation with, that not just going through the motions and taking on guests because you've got to get a show out. So there's that. There's also the, do you actually want to interview or are you hiding behind the interviews because you're too afraid to step out on your own? Ask yourself that. But if you are really into the interviews, then it's about getting really curious and intentional. It's about knowing why you're getting that guest on, what you want specifically out of them, and what you want you to feel, your guest to feel, and your audience to feel while they're listening, being super intentional. Then there's the process of being on the interview. And when you're on the interview, you're really on. You are present. You are actively listening. You are staying quiet. And you know how to direct the conversation. That, I feel, is something that a lot of women struggle with is the direction thing. And I might try to get an expert in on this because I'm not the greatest at it. But one trick that I picked up recently from my kinesiologist was let's just put a pin in that and we'll circle back to that. That's a really great point. Having little tools that you can use to direct conversation in a bag ready to pull out when you feel like it needs to go in a different direction because at the end of the day, as an interviewer, you are in control of the conversation. So direct it where you want it to go. And I feel like that's also a practice. Silence is golden, and it will take your conversation to places that you probably couldn't have imagined they would go. There's a lot of magic in silence. And then the stuff that happens after, listening to your episodes, listening for the fillers that you use over and over and over again, listening for the areas for improvement without being a total bitch to yourself. And then the edit, being more brutal in your edit, being more intentional with your edit, not being afraid to cut stuff out, knowing that the best thing you can do for both you and your guest is to highlight them in the most, um, in the most flattering way. And rambling stories to set up an expert when you could just dive in with them as the expert, it's already assumed that they are the expert because they're on your show, gives them more cred anyway. So yeah, that is my tips for improving your interviews. I hope you found it helpful. You can always reach out to me at carlynimo.com. We can work together in a number of different ways. They're all on the, all on my website under work with me. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to explore, please drop me a line via the website or you can find me on Instagram at Carlosophies. I'd love to connect with you there. Until next week, I'm Carly Nimmo. This is Rocky Mike Wright. Peace out. Carly Nimmo signing off. Bye-bye now.